in-depth conversations, matchup breakdowns, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dunlap. Fourth Down in the Steel City, Steelers, Jets on Sunday. I guess we don't have to go full bore into the preview now that I think about it, Colin, because we're going to be doing one of those on Friday. You're Does right. Did you get your blood pumping, though? Did you get you fired up? Jets, Steelers, a couple of powerhouses in the AFC? Maybe. I just found out <coughs> that I need a lozenger. I just found out something like an hour ago, though, that my, I might get pumped up a little more. I might get a little fired up, if you will that I'm going as a fan. This would be like the first time I go as a fan and probably since, huh, since probably I was in college uh, to go to a Steeler game and not sit in the press box. I'm, I'm take my daughter. My daughter's never been to a Steeler game. Really? Yes. So are you going to pick me up or you want me to grab you guys or how do you want to do that? No, no. Well, I'll see you there. I mean, I don't think, I think there's tickets to be had right now. Ah, interesting. Very interesting. The Well, first of all, I'm excited for you. It'll be fun. Uh, it doesn't sound like then that there'll be too many people. You should be able to have some space to yourself. I mean, are we already there? Are we seriously already there at one and two? Three weeks in? No, we're not there. I just had some tickets come available. Okay. So I'm there, but um, I'm excited. I'm excited to go. I'm excited for my daughter to go. She, Like I said, she's never been. But I do think you'll see a general deterioration if they lose this game, oh. which, oh, my gosh, you know. They, 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 can't, they can't lose this game, right? Of course they could lose this game, but they can't lose this game. This is, and I'm serious about this. I, I don't like being this guy, ever like being this guy, because it's sports radio, hyperbole, yada, yada. Right. This is a must-win game. They got to have it. You can't lose this game staring down everything that's ahead of them and the Dolphins and the Bills and Tom Brady and all that in the Eagles and think, yeah, this will be fine. It's probably not going to be fine either way, but it sure is bleep ain't going to be fine if you go one and three to start the year with one of those losses being to the New York Jets. No, they can't lose this game. If they lose this game, the season's over and there should be yes, like full on house cleaning. There won't be, but it should be meltdown mode if they lose this game. I'm totally with you. I don't know if Joe Flacco is going to play. I don't know if it's going to be Zach Wilson. I've heard conflicting reports there. It doesn't matter. I don't care. I I don't care. First round pick, Zach Wilson, your guy, your franchise. I don't care. You're the Jets. You're not good enough right now. And the Steelers are at home. They're favored. They need to get this shiz done. And I looked around the league this weekend, and we talked about this on the Fan Morning Show. (laughs) Right. A lot of low-scoring games around the league this weekend, culminating in what was the greatest Sunday night football contest of all time, 11-10 to 10 the final score with the Broncos beating a team that I forget already because I fell asleep in this thing. The Steelers, I wonder. Didn't they play San Francisco? It was San Francisco. I wonder, it. Colin. Yeah, I was. I'm totally on it. I wonder if Mike Tomlin, because he's always talking about globally speaking, I wonder if Mike Tomlin looks at the slate of games from this weekend, sees a lot of low scores, and thinks to himself, you know what? I'm doing this exactly the right way. That's a very interesting vantage to 
look at it from? I look at it like, wow, we're not very far. If you're the Steelers, speaking of the, the, the royal we, if you will, not very far from being there if we tinker a little bit offensively. But knowing the hubris and the way in which the Steelers carry themselves, mm-hmm. they probably walk around and say, oh, we've only given up X amount of points. We're right there. Um, we're not that far away. A little tinker here, tinker there. And man, we're alive. As opposed to full-scale change on the offense might get you something. Yeah, I'm actually more discouraged after watching this weekend. I think they'll go the other way. I'm more discouraged because I looked around the league. I'm watching these games. The Steelers' skill position players, their upper quarter of the league, good. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, Pat Firemuth, Najee Harris when he's not hurt. This is a unit that should be able to put up points, especially when you consider the offensive line's actually been pretty good, and yet they're still not doing it. And Mitch Trubisky has turned the football over at a lower percentage than anybody in the league, and Mike Tomlin probably looks at that and goes, oh, this is great, this is wonderful, this is exactly what I want. But with the offensive line playing well, in the skill position players that they have and Trubisky not turning the football over, they still suck on offense. You you shouldn't be ignoring that. And in fact, if you're Mike Tomlin to ignore that as being derelict of duty. Yeah. They're not in command of the offense. That's the thing that gets me. It's not like, all right, they're doing the things they want to do. All right. But they're three and outs. It would be one thing if they went on these long drives and they came up empty with a missed field goal or they sucked in the red zone or something like that. The Steelers aren't doing Adam what they want to do. So I don't, I can't get behind all these stats of being safe. I can't, yep. you know, it, it, it's not the Naval Academy. Right. And you need to, you need to be able to score in this league to win. I know that this weekend made it look like you don't, Okay, let's see who's there at the end. I bet you it's Buffalo and Kansas City. I bet you Green Bay's found a way to put up some points along the way. I bet you the Eagles have something to say about it at the end. These are all really good offenses. And I realize the Steelers aren't going to be contending for the Super Bowl this year. But if you want to contend with the great teams to beat one here and there to make the playoffs, you've got to find a way to score points. How about Mason Cole, the new guy, saying, I know. We don't. We didn't run much of that no huddle again in the second half. It worked in the first half. We didn't run too much of it in the second half. Man, it seems like everybody and their mother in the Steelers' offense has come out so far, Colin, and sort of taken Matt Canada to task without so much taking Matt Canada to task. All right, here here's who's taken Matt Canada to task, amongst others, amongst mm-hmm. a, a variety of others. Mason Cole, he's played three games as a Pittsburgh Steeler. George Pickens, who is a non-first-round draft pick who's played a couple games as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Pratt Fryermuth, who doesn't say boo. He minds his own business. He's taking Matt Canada apart. Deontay Johnson, you can expect it because there's a diva quotient to every receiver, but I'm fine with that. Those are four guys in four very different stages of their career in general points of where they are in their vocation. You have one guy that's established that try to get paid. Another guy that's kind of journeyman offensive lineman. Another guy that's a burgeoning star. And then somebody that just came into the league and skyrocketed in. And you go, I wonder what this guy's all about. 
they all can't be freaking wrong. Nope. Coming from four different vantage points. They they just they can't. And you know what? I there's a couple of football people that I trust that were defending Matt Canada this week, saying, listen, there's something open here. Mitch Trubisky missed it. Well, there's... Stop trusting them then. Well, he, here's my here's my deal with that. Let's say they're right. Let's say Matt Canada is calling a good offense and it's on the players. If every single player in that locker room doesn't want to work with Matt Canada, it's a problem. It just is. And you can't switch out all those players. You can switch out a coach. Uh, whether or not he's right, they're right, doesn't matter. What matters is the majority needs to rule here because you're three games into a season and your offense sucks ass. And if you don't fix it, you're not going anywhere. And right. you're going to be two and seven before you blink your eyes. So it's a mutiny, even if it's not a mutiny. I know that there was a lot going on. Josh Roundtree said something and Andrew Filipponi and Aditi Kikabwala on Monday about the Steelers locker room. And if there was a vote, would the would the Steelers vote out Matt Canada? I don't care about that. What I know is the guys that I've heard talk have all criticized Matt Canada. Publicly. So publicly. That, right. It's not behind a veiled curtain. It's not off the record publicly. And the one guy we haven't mentioned is the starting quarterback who wasn't scathing, but also talked about the plays that he was that were called that he had to run. So, I'd love to have Mitch Trubisky over a beer and say, listen, no cameras, no microphones, no nothing. It feels like he's trying to keep it together so as to not rock the boat and yeah. do the best thing for the team and the foot soldiers. Like That's what Mitch Trubisky feels like to me. But it's just uh, everything you just said makes a lot of sense. What I do know is this. You can when you take the account of the Pittsburgh Steelers locker room and there's all the boxes and you say it's like whenever you stay at a hotel or you go to a restaurant, and there's the check boxes. A very uh, it was, I was very I, I liked it. I, I loved it. I was very disappointed. Average, whatever. You can eliminate the very happy box. <laughs> it's just not a it's it's not a feasible uh, it's one a box that you check right now. If people are crowing crowing to various degrees, we can eliminate the fact that it's harmonious in there. We know absolutely. That. And my concern the whole time has been okay if there's acrimony between the offensive coordinator and the players on the offense. How long is it going to be before there is a schism between the defense in its entirety and the offense? Because if I were on the defense, I'd be getting pissed off right now because they haven't been perfect, but they feel like they do need to be perfect. And that's when Mike Tomlin could be in danger of losing this team for the first time. Now, I don't know that the defense will get to that point because the defense has leaders. The defense has Cam Hayward. The defense has Minka Fitzpatrick. The offense is so young. I don't know that there are real leaders on that offense. Nobody knows where to turn, I would imagine, to look. M Mitch Trubisky could be that guy, but he's been the quarterback here for three games. Like who Who is the leader of the offense that's going to keep this thing from spiraling out of control? I, I don't think there is one. That's a pretty good call. The, generally, I mean, for the last decade and a half, you can lean on the quarterback. If not, right. you can look at any of the linemen maybe even a receiver to play that role. Uh, even if one wasn't truly a great leader, they faked it or tried. Um, I think maybe Fryer is trying to be. It's not necessarily in his nature. 
but they're absolutely they're lost. They don't have a leader on offense. Colin, I did something on Sunday that made me not feel good on Monday, and then I did it again. I'll tell you what that is coming Jeez, up next. I you were married. It's fourth down in the Steel City. Matchup breakdown. Analysts on every game. Everything a Steelers fan could want. This is fourth down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Colin, the Steelers didn't play on Sunday, as you well know. And yet, I made an entire sheet of buffalo chicken dip. Oh, take me through this process. The process was this. My wife said, honey, it's been a long week. You had the late game Thursday. You didn't get much sleep Friday. Saturday, we had a fiasco with our cat that we don't have to get into here. So Sunday, my wife said, why don't you put your feet up? We'll watch Red Zone. You can do football things. And your daughter and I are going to go do with whatever we want to do so i said that sounds wonderful tremendous went to the store bought buffalo chicken dip fixings doubled the recipe just for me and my wife don't know why i did that stove top but what we do is you get the chicken you bake the chicken you shred the chicken you put the chicken in then you put it all in the oven bada bing bada boom you heat it up more cheese on top it was delightful it was delicious I ate so friggin' much of this, Colin. Yeah. I was, by Sunday night football, there was no Sunday night football. I I didn't even watch the beginning of the game. I was out, cold, so much damn cheese. Didn't feel great Monday morning. Mm -hmm. But then, for lunch, buffalo chicken dip. Is buffalo chicken dip a leftover food? Do you go back to the buffalo chicken dip? Okay, good. Keep in mind, I'm the Kobayashi of buffalo chicken. That's right. I knew you were the right guy to come to with this. Yeah, and I don't eat a whole lot of bad food for me. Buffalo chicken dip is one of those things. Let me let you in on a secret. Is it bad for you? There's chicken in it. Yeah, I know. Come on. Um, Giant Eagle Market District has a good already prepared buffalo chicken dip. Comparative to all the work that you have to put in. So there's that. Or you can just get that as sort of the base and add a little bit of chicken and add a little bit of hot sauce. Colin, see, you are my guy because that's what we've done in the past. We'll throw a little extra blue cheese crumble in there, a little bit of shredded cheddar. You throw your own chicken in, bada bing. You stir it up. You heat it up. I don't know why I keep saying bada bing. It's a much easier way to go about it. I wanted the whole process. I wanted to feel like a real Sunday in the fall. It was a little chillier out wanted to make it from not from scratch but you know what i'm saying right but i feel like i feel like i have 80 pounds of pudding in my stomach man yeah i was like you're carrying a bowling ball around oh yeah it's tough you got to know when to stop also it might not just be the buffalo chicken dip it may be the vessel in which carried it from um, where it was in your mouth that's why i've corn tortilla years yeah in my later years i've gone a lot of celery i like celery or Here's another tip, an eating tip with buffalo chicken dip that can help you out here. It, and you, you'll feel like a fat ass at first, but you're actually accomplishing more. 
let's say that you have this vat of buffalo chicken dip, this crock of buffalo chicken dip, right? This cauldron of buffalo chicken dip. And you think, you're looking at this bag of chips. And you say, wow, I'm going to eat 400 chips Mm -hmm. to eat as much buffalo chicken dip. Eh. Load up half as many chips. Double. Then you're eating less of the grain, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You're going to eat the same amount of buffalo. Make a buffalo chicken dip sandwich if you have to. <laughs> or a pita if you have to. And put that much in. You follow what I'm saying? I do. You put that much in because then if you do that, that is the way to go. You're not necessarily filling yourself with that bready stuff, but you're still getting all that chicken. That's why I'm never shy about if I get a chip or if I get celery, I will load it like, do you ever see those videos where those people put all, too much furniture on the back of a pickup truck and it invariably like sways yes. and falls down? I, I will load it up like that as opposed to six chips, with just a nominal amount on it. Because those six chips are what's adding up. You're still you're always going to eat the same amount of buffalo chicken dip. Yeah, that's fair. Because I feel like I ate an entire bag of chips. Bad move. Eat half the amount Bad of chips move. and load them up double. Bad move. I probably weigh exactly the same as I did two days ago. But I look at my face right now and it just feels fat. You know what I'm I mean? I'm not against eating it with a spoon that's either. No good. Just eat it with a spoon. Spoon's not bad. I have been known to get a little tipsy, and then whenever it cools down and it's almost crystallized, that buffalo chicken dip, you go in there with the finger even. People ain't looking. Here's Chuck, how much. me and my wife. You want to know a really fat-ass move? If you want to get really big and a big move and just feel – this is a drunk move. I have been so inebriated at one point. I have just eaten buffalo chicken dip wrapped it put it in a slice of cheese cheese as oh. the vessel oh just 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 dollop it right into some cheese buffalo chicken dip is the this might be too far don't care we're already in it sure but buffalo chicken dip might be the food that surprises me the most in this way if i eat a bunch of buffalo chicken dip because of the amount of hot sauce i put on it it could either make me crap my brains out, Colin, or because of the amount of cheese that's in there and cream cheese that's in there, it could go completely the other way. And I'm just at the mercy of the football gods, my man. I have no idea what it's going to be every time. Sometimes it's one way, sometimes it's the other. Would you like to know what way it is for me right now? I think it's passive. I'm stopped up, man. Yeah, yeah, not aggressive, passive. The yeah. one thing that, I'll tell you what it does for me. I get the butt burn. When it finally make when it finally comes out of me, that's the way it's gonna be. Scoville scale nine million on my butt, and that's no fun. See, (laughs) this is why I I love it when I know you tweeted something sort of to the opposite of this this weekend. I love when the Steelers are off. It's a lot more fun if the Steelers had won on Thursday, or if they're playing Sunday night. When they're playing Sunday night, that might be the best. From a pure football standpoint, because you have to watch all day, and then at night you know your team's going to play, so you still get geeked up for it. But I love when they're off, when they're not playing, and I just get to consume it all. And I still try to make it feel like a Steelers Sunday by eating and drinking and stuff. I love that, and there's no stress. It's not the same kind of pacing, angry, 
nervousness that you get on a normal Steeler Sunday. I like 425 Sunday. You get that early game sprinkle. Then you get the late game and you go right to bed for a guy like me. But uh, yeah, Buffalo chicken dip. It's a fascinating conversation. I really, I'll mix it. You got to get the right blue cheese sprinkled right on top and have it a little caked, melted, uh, congealed situation. That's what I like. How many times do you think you've had Buffalo chicken dip while watching Joe Flacco go against the Pittsburgh Steelers? I might do Well, I'm going to be at the game Sunday, so I won't do it then. But I've had it before. That's for sure. Uh, double digits. I would agree with that. That's a quarterback for the Jets, maybe, on Sunday. We'll talk about Flacco a little bit when we return. It's fourth down in the Steel City. Conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is fourth down in the Steel City with your hosts Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Will it be Joe Flacco? Will it be Zach Wilson? Who's going to be the starting quarterback of the New York Jets? The Steelers favored by a little over a field goal in this one. I'd love to see Joe Flacco come back into Acrisure Stadium, Colin. That guy, for all of his, I mean, his career was sort of a roller coaster, has been a roller coaster. Right. For all of his foibles at times at the end of his career with the Baltimore Ravens, I always thought that guy was nails. I don't know. I mean, as a rookie in the AFC Championship game, I know it didn't quite work out that way, but... I always respected the hell out of Joe Flacco. I also hated him because he was a Raven. So I'd like to see him come back into Heinz Field, Acrisure, whatever the hell you want to call it. And I'd like to see him lose a football game. I'm anti-Joe Flacco, though I respect him. I always thought Joe Flacco was the was a real passive-aggressive media guy. Like, uh, oh. like with his, about his teammates. He kind of took the blame, but really didn't take the blame. Also, he was in the middle of the loudest moment at Heinz Field, Heinz Field history. That's right. Whenever he was Joe Cool, he was rolling through the playoffs. He had been so great up until that point. He had mounted those comebacks. He'd been sort of perfect. He wasn't throwing the football to the other team. I mean, he took care. I mean, he takes care of the football. At least he did in that that playoff run. And then he threw it to Palomalu. Um, he is trying to liken him to something or somebody. He is always the guy you don't root for, but you don't root against. He was just kind of, it was just kind of there for me. You know? I mean, of all the Ravens, you would think the quarterback would be one of the most hated, and I don't know that he was. I mean, with all the villains on that team, I don't know that Joe Flacco was ever one of the most hated players on that team by Steelers fans. No, because it they hate the coach more. I think right. You didn't exert enough effort to hate him. Yeah, you know. He didn't. He didn't do it for you. He wasn't splashy or flashy enough, right? That's right. I do remember he hit TJ Hushmanzada in the back of the end zone to knock the Steelers from being three and zero down to three and one when Roethlisberger was suspended in 2010. Right. Uh, that was a big play. I mean, he made a a handful of them against the Steelers. I can't get over his Super Bowl run though. Just from a guy who was pretty good to you couldn't stop him, and then he went 
right back to just being a regular old quarterback after that. One of the more improbable runs I've ever seen. We've ever seen. Yeah, well, it helps to have an unbelievable defense. You know, really good defense. Doesn't Did, hurt. Yeah. I didn't think, throw a pick in that run, though, Joe Flacco. No, he didn't. He didn't. He was very, very good. I. You want to know why I really brought him up? Because he's going to play on Sunday. Uh, Joe Flacco, whatever. Okay, real quick, though, before we move on to Sunday. When he had it going, like that rookie year and that, not the rookie year, but when he was young, and then the, maybe the first three, four years, did he throw the deep ball as good as anybody? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I know that they, a, a lot of fans would complain because the flags were out, and right. that was the Ravens' offense. He could, you want to talk about a guy that just could make every throw? I mean, that thing exploded out of that dude's hand. And that deep ball that he threw in the, I think it was the championship game against the Denver Broncos, where the dude jumped up and hit the B button like he was playing video games at the wrong time, just mistimed his leap. That was one of the worst deep balls that Joe Flacco ever threw, and it wound up getting the team to the Super Bowl. The reason I brought up Joe Flacco, yes, he could be playing on Sunday against the Steelers. This is a guy that was ugly as sin at first in his career. He had the unibrow. He didn't Mm -hmm. do the beard. And then Colin, my man, cleaned it up. He got a fresh new haircut. And I think there was a direct correlation between ugly and good and pretty and bad. The better-looking Joe Flacco got, the worse he got at football. Wow, good call. Like Zane mm-hmm. Smith, ugly guy, great pitcher. Um, and then <laughs> Tom Gorzolani, ugly guy, bad pitcher. Yeah, there you go. But that's a do you think vanity? So, what are you saying here that he, he bowed at the altar of vanity and it cost him his career? I don't know how it happened. All I know is that when that guy got rid of the unibrow and he trimmed up the beard and he got that sexy fly haircut, right. He wasn't good anymore. He became, and I've asked around on this, one of the dreamier quarterbacks in the NFL after starting his career as a toe. So something happened there. A lot of people point to the contract and they say, oh, Joe Flacco got worse after the contract. Not me. He got worse when he got hot. Like Adele canceling her Vegas residency after she started to look good. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Adele is uh, hooking up with one of LeBron's dudes now. So Who? that's what happened to Bronny. her. Does Bronny go with Adele? <laughs> it, it, it ain't Bronny. Can you imagine that? LeBron's kid was getting after Adele. We have some NFL news to get to as well, Colin. Are you ready for this? Because we'll do our preview episode coming up on Friday. The Pro Bowl's no more. Are well, you yeah, going to be okay? It. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Um, I just can't believe this thing's going to happen in Vegas. Talk about setting yourself up. I mean, it should. That's where the players want to go. To think that they're going to have some sort of skills competition and anybody is going to show up non-hungover mm-hmm. is incredible to think. Oh, I wonder who's going to be the most hungover. You know who I bet you really gets after it is Josh Allen. Good call. I was going to say any running back. Yeah. Just tanks. Yeah, just and, a, and a diva receiver quotient. I mean, come on. That's you know what I, I think. I think it's going to be most of the guys, all Sneak, the guys. Sneaky run, sneaky uh, defensive back guys too. So the Pro Bowl's done. Yeah, I think what they should have done, and I tweeted this out a while ago, and to much, to much critical acclaim, that and this would never happen, but it should. The 
two worst teams in the league should play in place of the Pro Bowl, and then the winner gets the first overall draft pick. Bang. Meaningful football game for our viewing pleasure. And if guys don't want to play, hey, you know what you could do? Pay them a game check. Hey, prorated game check. We're going to make a lot of money putting this thing on TV. There's going to be gate revenue. You get yours. We get ours. Bada bing, bada boom. That's the fourth time I said bada bing, bada boom. This playing podcast, the Jets this it. week. That's why. That's why you keep saying bada bing, bada boom. That's yeah, what is team. that? I can't stop it. What? I, I, I hope I don't do it ever again in my life. <laughs> I hope you do it all the time. It makes me bada bing, bada boom. Yes, Sports okay. guy catchphrase. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, we got to name the episode that. Uh, anyway, are the Steelers going to beat the Jets? Let's make our predictions and then go to bed. Um, I say they win 21-20. Boswell I... walk-off. Your boy, he stinks. I... Oh, man. I don't have a feel for it. I don't have a feel for it. Great I really prediction. don't. That's what the people I don't. are looking for. I don't. I, I can save my prediction for Friday. Or we can just post this episode again. Will anybody ever tell the difference? I'm leaning Steelers early in the week. They are the better football team. They're also favored. It is at home. You know what? Yeah. Steelers are going to win. They're going to win 21-20. Is that what you said? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So you're not going to let the week speak to you and then maybe come up with your own? I will. I'll let the week speak to me, but I want to put one out there early. Bada-bing, bada-boom. 21-20, same prediction. What a farce. I Um, wrote it down first, though. You saw it on my sheet of paper. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Okay, I do think they'll win. And if they don't, they better just go straight to the airport. All of them. If they don't win, oh, last thing. Would you rather them win and stay with Mitch Trubisky or lose and go to Kenny Pickett immediately? Win and stay with Mitch Trubisky or lose. I'd rather them win. I want the Steelers to win every game they play. I'm not in this whole tank for Tua or, you know, tank or lose or bad things leading to good things. I I never believe in that, really. Ask, Ask Brian Flores about all that. Okay. That was the right answer. I, I was just wondering. I was interested. You probably read that off my sheet of paper. Bada bing, bada boom. We'll be back on Friday. A little preview. Steelers, Jets, goodbye. <laughs>